Time is of the essence, isn't it? I really don't know. I, I don't even know what that means. All I know is that there's not enough time in the day to get everything done that I'd like to get done or everything that I need to get done. If I had time on my hands, I'd, I'd read a book. I'd go for a run, maybe. I, don't hold me to that. I, I, I'd join that small group that my friend's been t- uh, telling me about. But I don't have time. You know, no time at all. There, there is no time. You know, time just keeps flying on by. There's not even enough time in the day to watch time tick. You know, it's, you got to move. You got to stay ahead of the game. You got to race against time in order to get everything done before the, the day ends. And if the day ends and you haven't gotten everything done, time has won. And you have to get up the next day and race time all over again. Time versus you. Do you ever win? Maybe on occasion. Or at least we come close enough in order to make ourselves feel better at the end of the day when we go to bed. You know, where's all the time? We're all busy. There's, there's bills to pay, laundry to do, errands to run, a lawn that needs to be mowed, uh, marriages that need attention, you know, kids. And my wife and I just had twins. I'm surprised I made it here on, on time today. It's, where, where is the time to sit down quietly with God. I try, but at the end of the day, I'm just so exhausted, you know? You know, people say you need to spend your time with God. You have, you have to have your quiet time. I feel so guilty. I, I, there, there are days when I, feel, when I see at the end of the day, I haven't spent any time with God. You know, who has time? You know, maybe it's not about time. Maybe it's not time that God is interested in. You know, it's, uh, you know, we base so much on time. What time to get up in the morning? What time to eat? What time do we have to leave for work? What time do we have to be at church in the morning? You know, wh- how much time are we going to spend working out? You know, there's, everything's about time. But what if it's, but, but isn't time just meaningless to God? No, I'm not trying to make excuses or anything, but, but really, you know, I think, I think I have to stop basing my time with God on this. It's, it's my heart. It, it's my life. You know, that's what God cares about. You know, he doesn't care about my time, but, but me. Me and everything that I do. In the laundry I do. In the, in the lawn. And it, when I spend time with my kids, you know, he... He cares about me and all aspects of my life. We really have to stop letting this rule our lives. It's not time that God is worried about or cares about. It's our lives that we need to give him. All right, we're talking about margin. How many of you felt like Leo sometime, right? Being pulled in every other direction, right? Uh, Today we're going to talk about scheduling margin. How do we do that? And uh, I am absolutely convinced that if you let let God just speak to you this morning on this particular subject, if you let his word just really 
uh, sink in, uh, it is going to free you. Uh, it's going to change the way you approach uh, schedule and, and the direction uh, that your life takes because of that. Okay? I want to get right into it, uh, right into the word for you this morning. As we start thinking about margin, we start thinking about calendar, we're thinking about schedule and looking at, at how many different ways we get pushed and pulled in all of those uh, directions. What is the answer for us as uh, Christ followers? How do we deal uh, with that in an everyday kind of way? Well, first, uh, you can go to Ephesians 5:15 through 17. If you got your hand out, pull it out. You're going to want to circle this verse. You're going to want to commit this to memory. You're going to want to remember this verse every single day because it gives you such huge permission and direction. Okay? First, it gives you absolute permission to live in contrast. Okay? What does that mean? If you look at verse uh, 15, it says, So be careful how you live. So there's an invitation to look at uh, how you live, right? So if you got your phones, all you need to do is pull out your phone, pop up your calendar, and that kind of tells you how you live, right? I mean, it directs your time, your energy, your thoughts, all that kind of stuff that goes into your living. And so if you look at that, you can start looking at that like it invites you and says, listen, how are you living? How are you managing your time? How are you living? What direction uh, is your life taking? And then it gives you an invitation. It says, as you look at that, as you look at that, don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. What's the invitation? If you look at your calendar and you're being pulled in every direction this way and that way, and that direction is being guided by all the expectations of others and all the expectations that the world would have for you, it's saying, listen, you can let go of that and live different. Don't live that way, but like this. It's giving us absolute permission to let go of, reevaluate, rethink what is the highest and greatest use of our lives. So often, the world tends to dictate our calendar. All the expectations the world has for us, right? All the things of what it means to be a family in this world or a person in this world, right? You can go through the list of, of expectations, right? Parents, you experience this all the time. In order for your kids to fit in, in order for them to be liked, in order for them to be part of the group, they got to do this and they got to do that. And you're the taxi cab that runs them from this thing to that thing to the other thing. And even in our own lives as adults, we fall into the same thing. We, we fall into that meeting expectations thing. Well, who decides the expectations? So often those expectations come from outside of us. They, they come from kind of a worldly expectation of what it means. And so our calendar, our time, our energy gets driven by something else. Ephesians 15 is saying, look at your calendar. And give yourself permission this morning... From this day forward, look at your calendar. Give yourself permission to live a different way. That's what God's people do. God's people were not called to fit into the world. We were called to stand out from the world. Amen? You get that? We're not called. If your schedule is like everybody else's out there in the world, and you're a Christ follower, you, you need to look at that. And say, wait a minute, that, that's living foolishly. I need to live like a wise person. 
And so there's a huge permission in this verse for us to just look at our schedule and be able to let go of all of those expectations out there and reevaluate how we're living. Reevaluate how we're living. Let me give you another verse uh, to support it. It's Matthew 6. And Jesus says, Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he'll give you everything you need. Notice I underlined a few words. What are they? Above all else. See, so often when we talk about this subject, and even in church, when we talk about this subject, it becomes one of those kind of self-help kind of things where all of a sudden we're just adding one more thing, right? That folks leave church and say, man, now i got to add prayer into my schedule, and now i got to add Bible study into my schedule, and now i got to add, right? That it becomes like adding one more thing. That's not what we're talking about this morning. That's not what Matthew 6 says. Matthew 6 says you can let go of all the other expectations that the world would put on your life. You can let go of those expectations. It's not about adding one more thing. It's about only living one thing. Above all else. Above all else. Follow? Let's go back. It's living in contrast, right? It also is about living intentional. Look at the next verse. It says, Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Make the most. What's this calling you to do? Use your life, use your time, use your schedule for the highest and best use. For the highest and best use. I mean, the reality is we only get a small chunk of time, right? We only get a small chunk of time. The call on us is to use that time for the highest and best use. When you look at your calendar, when you look at your schedule, how are you using it? Highest and best use or meeting other expectations? The invitation we just got is let go of those expectations, reevaluate, look at your life and say, listen, how does God want me to use my time for the highest and best use? Let me give you another passage. Romans 12:2 says, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Here's one for you. Change the way you think about time. Somehow we think we own it. It's our time. We say that. Well, this is our time. The reality is we don't own time. If you're a Christ follower, your time is not your time. It's his time. Change the way you think. The time that you have, it's not your time. It's his time. He, after all, is the one that created time. Remember back in Genesis when he separated the day from the night and the sun and the moon and the first day and the second day and the third day? What was he doing? He was creating order and he was creating time. He owns time. He can even make time stand still. He did it once in the scriptures. We don't own our time. He owns our time. Change the way you think about time. You get intentional about your time when you think it's not your own, it's His. How can I use the gift of the time He gives me for the highest and best use? Go back again. If you live in contrast, you're going to live intentional. It means you're going to live on mission. Look what He says at the end. 
Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. What is he telling us? Well, as you reevaluate your your time, as you reevaluate your schedule, how are you using God's time here, right? And you get intentional about it. The question becomes, are you doing what you want to do or what he wants to do? Are you living what he wants or what you want? And the invitation is to let go of all those other expectations, set yourself free from all that other stuff, and instead just live in contrast, live intentionally, make the most of the time he gives you, and live for the highest and best use on mission, what he wants to accomplish uh, in your life. Look at 2 Timothy 1. It says, For God saved us and called us to live a holy life. Did he call us to live a regular, ordinary life, meeting everybody else's expectations? Amen? No. (laughs) Right? He called us to live a contrast life. It's his time, and that means our life can be something different. How do we do that, right? Okay, if you get that kind of stuff, we're going to do that. What, what does that mean? How do we do that? Okay, here's where it gets really easy. Here's where it gets really easy. See, so often when we do these kinds of things, we look at time and schedule and all that stuff. We kind of give you a guilt trip and we say, come on, let's make that list of the three most important things in your life. Right? Look at your schedule. You're living according to those three most important things in your life. And if you do that list of three most important things in your life, what comes up on the list? Well, if you're a Christ follower, you do, well, okay, Christ is first. Who comes second? Oh, usually family. Who comes third? Well, usually mission, church, right? Good list. Yeah, I tell you what, I fail at that list all the time. I fail at that list all the time. Why? It's just too big a list for me. I don't know about you. It's just too big a list. The invitation of Scripture is to let go of that list and concentrate on simply one thing. One thing. Like that? How many want to do one thing instead of three things? <laughs> right? One thing. That's it. One th- I can handle one thing. I can zone in on one thing. Right? It goes back to last week when Pastor Andrew shared with you the, the story of Mary and Martha. Remember, Jesus came uh, to their house, and Martha was all wrapped up in all the expectations of what had to be done in order to welcome the Lord. I mean, you got to get the good china out, you got to get the tablecloth on, you got to vacuum the floor, you got to do all that stuff entertaining guests, right? Sure, you got to do all the stuff, the, the expectations around what it means to entertain guests. Right? In contrast, her sister, Mary, is just sitting at Jesus' feet and taking Jesus in. Right? Martha comes to Jesus and says, Jesus, you gotta help me out here. You gotta scold my sister, get her off her backside, and get her helping out here. Right? And Jesus responds saying, What? Martha, Martha, you are worried and upset about so many things, expectations of the world. You're worried about so many things, but only how many? One, thank you, Jesus. One thing. Only one thing is necessary. Only one thing. Only one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen what is best. I put in parentheses there for you. Not only what is best, but who is best. What is Mary doing? She is simply just soaking in Jesus. She's just soaking in Jesus. Mary has chosen not only what is best, she's chosen who is best. What is she doing? 
She's simply doing one thing. One thing. See, when it comes to creating margin, understanding margin in our lives, it starts by changing the way we think. Changing the way we think and understanding that all we have to know is one thing. One person. If we can know that one person, if we can get to one thing, then everything else begins to fall into place. This is the great miracle of Scripture. This is the great miracle of Christ working in our lives. So here's the question right off the bat. So what is or who is the most necessary in your life? See, we get into problems when we start filling in the wrong answer in that number one there, right? Because we look at our calendar, we look at our schedule, how we're managing that time God gives us, and we write in other things. We write in, well, right now work is the most, it's necessary, it's the most important. Or, or, or we write in, well, you know, getting a bigger house is the most important thing. Or getting a new car is the most important thing. Or, right, whatever it is. We can write in all kinds of stuff to take the place. When the reality is, it's not all of those, it's simply one thing, one person. Who, what is the most necessary in your life? If you're a Christ follower, the answer is easy. It's just Jesus. Now, why is that transformative to our schedule? He says it this way in Luke 9. Then he said to the crowd, If any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way. What did he invite you to do? Give up all those expectations out there. Right? Give up all the expectations that the world or anybody else would lay upon you. You can just let those go and give up all those expectations. And instead do what? One thing. Take up your cross daily and follow me. One thing. One thing. One thing is to just live in relationship with Christ every single day. And when you do that, it transforms your schedule and it creates margin. If you try to hang on to your life, you're going to lose it, right? This stuff doesn't work, meeting all those expectations. But if you give up your life for my sake, you're going to save it. This is the wisdom and the miracle of the gospel, is when we give our life over to Christ, he will create margin. He'll create margin for us. Romans 8, Paul says this, We know, I underline that, we know. What do we know? We know. It means this is for sure. This is a certain thing, right? We know this. We got it. We know. We know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. Did you just realize what happened? God took ownership of your time. He took ownership of your time. And he is willing to work your time. He is willing to work your time. So all you do is concentrate on the one thing. And he will help you understand what it is to live the rest. He will help you. And those other things that you would put on the list of saying these are the most important. All you got to do is the one thing. Let him take control of your time. He owns it anyway. Let him take control of it. What does that look like? It means God now steps into your life and he is able to empower you to say no. We're not really good at that, are we? 
I'm not, I get a minute for me, right? I'm not really good at that. I like to try to meet all those expectations I can meet, right? But the problem is, we need to be able to say no. When you let God take control of the ownership of your time and your schedule, He will create margin by giving you permission to say no to many good things. Some not so good things, but many good things. But He'll give you permission to say no to those things and to say yes to the things that are in your holy vocation. Right? The ability to be able to say no. Do you remember when you were... You know, growing up and, uh, you know, you got invited over to somebody's house because they wanted to be your friend, but you really didn't want to go to their house, right? You remember those days, right? Somebody invited you to something and, and you just really didn't want to go, but they invited you, so you felt like you should go. But then along the way, when they finally said, are you coming? Something like this came out of your mouth saying, gee, I'd really like to, but mom or dad says I can't go. You ever play that card? Right? What happened? You let a power outside of yourself make the decision for you. That's what you do. You let your Heavenly Father make the decision on your schedule. And let Him empower you to say no. To say no to some very good things. But things that may not be in sync with His holy vocation over your life. Now there's another one, holy vocation. So often we use the word vocation and we think about what? Our job and our career, right? That's our vocation. Well, if you're a Christ follower, that's not the case anymore. That's not your vocation. That's what you do, but that's not your vocation. Your holy vocation is to follow Christ first and foremost, above all else, remember? Your holy vocation is to serve the kingdom of heaven. That's your holy vocation. That's the most important thing. That is the highest and best use of your days. That is the most important thing you can do with the time that God lends you. When God gets involved in your life, He's going to equip you and empower you to be able to say no to some really good things, but to say no to things, and instead say yes to the right things, the things that advance your holy Vocation. Let me give you scripture. It says in Colossians 3, Work willingly at whatever you do, as though you were working for who? The Lord, rather than people, the world. What did you just say? This is your holy vocation. We, if you're a Christ follower, we all work for Him. Right? We all work for Him. And when we work for Him, we let Him own our time. He does anyway, but we let Him also order our time. If we let Him order our time, He's going to work in our lives in a way that creates margin. Matthew 11. Then Jesus said, Come to me, all of you who are weary and heavy, heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Does that sound good to anybody? To let go of all those expectations, all this stuff... The list and the list and the list. And instead, just do one thing. And what does he say? You do the one thing, I'm going to work in your life, and I'm going to give you rest from all that heavy burden that you're carrying. Take my yoke on you. Let me teach you how to do this, because I'm humble and I'm gentle at heart. And what are you going to find? You're going to find rest for your souls. What's the word we might use for that? You're going to find margin. You're going to find margin. 
For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. See, when we do the one thing, when we let him take control, it reorients how we think, and it reorients, reorients how we do, right? It's guaranteed. It's part of the way he works. It's the way he built the system. It's the way he ordered the universe, right? You can see it in Exodus when you get those Ten Commandments in there, right? And, and for we Lutherans, the third commandment, what's the third commandment? It's a commandment about rest and margin. Rest and margin. What is he doing? He's building into the way time is managed margin. What does it say? Remember to observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. You have six days each week for your ordinary work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath day of rest dedicated to the Lord. What did he just build in? Margin. You follow? Margin. When we just concentrate on doing the one thing. That's why it's always a matter of the heart and not a matter of the calendar. We make it a matter of the calendar. How are we going to fit it all in? Right? How are we going to squeeze more of it in? The reality is it starts for us, Christ followers, it starts for us as an issue of the heart. Look what Proverbs says. Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. When your heart is absolutely consumed by Christ, you're going to find your calendar, your schedule, totally reoriented. Because you're going to let go of that stuff. You're going to live different and in contrast. You're going to find you're going to live intentional about, about the time that he lends to you. You're going to find that he's going to work in your life and create the opportunity for margin. So here's the questions. The questions are pretty straightforward. If you are a Christ follower and you just give one thing, absolute control, over to him, you say, listen, I'm just going to live for the one thing. I'm just going to live for the one thing. Then what is it that God needs to say no to in your life? Right? Look at your calendar sometime today. Think about what you're doing, how you're spending your days and your time. What are the things that you're already engaged in that, that God just needs to step in and give you permission to say no. No, that's just not the highest and best use of my life for the kingdom. Right? And in contrast, in contrast, how do you need to reorient your schedule and say yes to the things God would have you do? Right? It's not just letting go of the things he wouldn't have you do, but it's saying yes to the right things, the things he would have you do. You see, the reality is, it's where Leo came out at the end, right? The reality is, it's not about just carving out a little time here and there, right, for some Bible reading and a small group. and all. No, he owns our time. The deal is to walk with him in all of our time. To walk with him in all of our time. To be in conversation with him in all of our day. To know his grace and forgiveness all of the time when we mess up. To go ahead and just understand that he is the owner and the orienter of our time. And when we give it to him, he will create margin. And then we'll figure out family. And then we'll figure out how to be a servant in another way. And then we'll figure out 
how to work. And we'll figure out all that because he is going to orient our time and our deeds. It's about letting him create margin. Let's pray. Father, we come to you today because uh, we're broken people. And uh, we don't always uh, live and manage the life you give us, the time that you own and that you give us in a way that um, not just honors you, but, but creates that margin. And Lord, we want today to just uh, concentrate on one thing. Let go of all the other things. Let go of all the other stuff and just change our thinking and concentrate on that one thing that we can live every single day with you and let you control every single hour. Uh, Lord, we want our lives to be used for the highest and the best. So humbly teach us, not just with this word today, but uh, tomorrow when we go back into work or we go back into whatever it is that uh, will control our schedule. Help us to say no when we need to and help us to say yes when we ought to. So Lord, just as we sang this morning, we just want to surrender everything to you, including our days and our deeds. We surrender this to you in the power and the grace and absolute trust in the name of Jesus. Amen.